0: It's really important to recognize that if you put all of Asia together, we're more than half of the world's population. Lumping Asian moms as one category and employing a one-size-fits-all strategy is a huge mistake that a lot of brands make when they're looking at penetrating into Asia. Because there's a huge difference between you know, a Sri Lankan mom, a Thai mom, a, a Singaporean mom, and a Malaysian mom.
1: Hello and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps marketers, business leaders and entrepreneurs sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumer, Mums. Each fortnight, we bring you a deep diving interview with a marketing specialist from around the globe who can help you gain insights about this influential consumer. Let's hear from our host, Katrina McCarter.
2: Hello listeners, it's Katrina McArthur, your podcast host. I'm super excited to be sharing this particular interview with you because today I'm going to be talking with one of the contributors to my latest book, The Mother of All Opportunities. I am actually going to be speaking with one of the leading female founders from Southeast Asia and we're going to be looking at the opportunities that are emerging in the Southeast Asian markets and we're going to hear firsthand how this particular woman has been able to grow very large, engaged communities. So without further ado, let's get started. Today, our guest on the show is Roshni Matani, the founder of Asian Parent, which is Southeast Asia's largest parenting community platform. Welcome to the show, Roshni. Thank you for having me here today. Uh, Look, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. I have been super excited about doing this episode for some time now. I've actually been following your journey for at least the past five years since I launched my business. You know, I guess I know quite a bit about your background, but I would love you to share that with our listeners if we could hear about your story from launching your business back in 2013 to becoming Southeast Asia's largest parenting community platform. I understand that you reach more than 33 million women every month and you've got some amazing blue chip clients including Unilever, Huggies, Singapore Airlines and Kellogg's. So over to you Roshni.
0: Uh, thank you. Yeah no so it all started uh, when I was living in New York and I decided I should experience parenthood firsthand through babysitting. So the genesis of the Asian parent was these two little girls aged three and six. And I would give detailed reports to the parents about what their calorie intake had been on a daily basis. I would take them on excursions to the Met and, you know, other types of museums. And I would—I also thought the younger one about condensation. However, when I would Google up topics such as "Can you feed durian to a three-year-old?" or "You know, are Ayurvedic remedies for a toddler's cough?" I realized no one was addressing a problem facing a huge and growing demographic moms and dads looking for Asian style parenting advice. And many of my Asian friends were relying on Western style parenting resources and couldn't really relate to them. So I started the Asian Parent. And over time, I realized that technology could be a component in helping us help parents. So that was how it all began.
2: That's fantastic. And you have grown incredibly since uh, since launching. Can you tell us a little bit about where you operate now?
0: Sure. So sometimes you don't have to pinch myself because, you know, I initially, if you had told me I would have a million users, I would have been over the moon. And, and you know, just last December, we crossed uh, the 35 million mark. And and it hit me that, oh, my gosh, this is this is huge. And I currently I live in Singapore and our whole entire population is only six million large. So so I always laugh and say that, you know, I've got more moms on my platform than the whole population of Singapore.
2: That's absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. So we're in 13 different markets, but really our core six markets are the six Southeast Asian markets, which Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam. We're also in Sri Lanka. We're also in Nigeria. We're in Japan and we're in India. And we've got a small presence uh, in some part of uh, China as well. Fantastic. Now I
2: know that you are really committed to uh, regular research and I know that you do a lot of research into all those 13 different Asian markets that you operate within. Why is it that you believe research is so critical to a brand's success?
0: So I think it's really important that we recognize and we of the fact that no two parent is the same. You know, the one thing that we all have in common usually is the fact that we love our kids immensely and we want the best for our children. But the way we raise our child is uniquely ours. And a lot of times it's dictated by your culture, your language, your religion. So we felt that going with research back evidence, looking at what was similar between all of these different countries, nationalities and parents but also recognizing that each one of them had their own unique identity, which was very largely shaped by their cultural background. Mm.
2: So just leading on from that, what are some of the critical mistakes that you find brands make when they're first moving into the Asian market?
0: That's a multi-million dollar question. <laughs> so I think you know, one of the main things is really important to recognize that if you put all of Asia together, we're more than half of the world's population. China and India by itself is already half of the world's population. Forget about Southeast Asia and Southeast Asia has nearly 700 million people. So I think uh, lumping Asian moms as one category and employing a one size fits all strategy is a huge mistake that a lot of brands make when they're looking at penetrating into Asia because there's a huge difference between, you know, a Sri Lankan mom, a Thai mom, a a Singaporean mom and a Malaysian mom. Mm,
2: Absolutely. Now, what are some of the core differences then between those moms in the 13 markets that you operate within?
0: So I think uh, some of the core differences is uh, Singaporean moms, uh, they're very, very dependent on daycare and that's because a lot of the women in Singapore are actually working moms. And Filipino moms, uh, they don't send their kids to daycares at such a young age, but they employ a lot of nannies and household help, uh, so full-time mates. Indian moms also rely a lot on Ayurvedic therapies. Chinese moms uh, rely on traditional Chinese medicine. And of course, across uh, most of Southeast Asia, we also have a different type of postpartum practice. So we practice confinement, which is where you sit at home for somewhere between 28 days to 40 days and you bond with your newborn baby and you don't take out the baby
2: yeah can i just ask on that confinement is it 28 days in some in some of those markets and 40 days in others or is it uh
0: yeah so it's it's generally 28 days among chinese moms and then it's about 30 35 days among muslim moms and about 40 days for indian moms (music)
1: Marketing to Mums the podcast is proudly brought to you by the Marketing to Mums Assessment. This personalized diagnostic report will help you understand how your brand is currently performing in your Marketing to Mums activities. The Marketing to Mums Assessment will clearly identify your gaps and opportunities and provide you with a series of recommendations to attract, engage and convert more mothers and their families to your business. You can find out more about Marketing to Mums assessment on the website at www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash assessment.
2: Now, look, in Australia and the US, we're seeing brands placing a huge focus on growing their brand through expansion into the Chinese market, but I'm really keen to explore what markets are really being overlooked, and I'm keen to get your opinion on this. What markets do you believe represent significant opportunities for brands over the the next decade, and what are those emerging Asian markets that brands should be really putting on their radar?
0: Ah, that's a, another multi-million dollar question. and I think the, you know one of the most overlooked market as a region of course is Southeast Asia. and if you look at Southeast Asia as a region which uh, really comprises uh, ten different countries, you'll realize that the birth rate of Southeast Asian moms is significantly higher than a lot of other markets. So collectively, Southeast Asia has a total fertility rate of two point four. And uh, total, uh, population replacement is at 2.1. So we have a growing birth rate trend. And this is mostly buoyed up by Malaysia, Indonesia, and Philippines, which have pretty significant birth rates. Uh, China, on the other hand, has a declining birth rate population. So if you look at Southeast Asia as a whole, we have about 12 million newborn babies born every year. And China has about 14.5 to 15 million and even though Southeast Asia is about half the size of China, uh, we have nearly as many uh, newborn babies. Mm
2: really, really fascinating. I know that in my last book, I did quite a lot of research into Indonesia that I found uh, really fascinating. So it's great to get your insights. Thanks very much for sharing with us, Roshni. I wanted to ask you, what would you say are the top three considerations that a brand should be making when they're moving into any of these emerging markets? I I guess uh, I'm asking on behalf of, we have a large community of brand marketers and business owners that listen to the show. And I know, that they'll be asking me, if they were here, they would be saying, Katrina, we want to know what are the three tips that Roshni would share um, if they were thinking about expanding into an emerging market in Southeast Asia?
0: So I think one of the important things to look at is, of course, uh, internet penetration. So the internet penetration of a country usually is quite reflective of how, you know, much access capital that country has. So not just necessarily looking at your GDP per capita. Uh, but really looking at how many devices do people own, do they have internet, and you know how many how many percent of the moms are actually working versus being stay-at-home moms? Because if they're working moms, then there's it's a dual household income, which means they have more disposable income and they could probably afford uh, the products and services that you're trying to sell. I think the second thing that I would look at is again uh, figuring out which category you're in and whether there's a demand. For your category so for example if you're an education focused brand singapore even though it's such a small country with just six million people the amount of uh, money that an average singaporean spends on early childhood education or on any form of you know uh, uh, education uh is is extremely high so it's uh it's a small but rich country whereas in some other markets in southeast asia the focus on early childhood education isn't a very big rage you know There's less emphasis on education as a whole. But then uh, if you're looking at things like diaper, then I would look at, you know, what's the potty training behavior as well. So in Vietnam, moms actually potty train their children really early on. It's anywhere from 12 to 15 months, they start potty training. So the amount of time that a woman is going to, on average, use a diaper is a lot less than let's say a mom in Malaysia or in Singapore, uh, where, you know, diapering happens until three, sometimes even four years of age.
2: Oh, they were some great insights. I'm going to be listening over to this episode again, Roshni. They were fantastic tips and, and good things to know. It really comes down to really understanding your mum very, very deeply. Now, I wanted to ask you, I know that you have branched out from uh, the Asian parent being your number one and your big platform, but I know that you've also got some other platforms as well. Her her Style in Asia, the Asian Money Guide, and also is it No Nilo? Is that right?
0: That's right, Nonilo. It's actually, uh, Nonilo is actually from uh, the noni fruit, which is an Asian fruit that is specific to Southeast Asia and helps women to alleviate their period pain. Ah.
2: Ah, I didn't know. Thank you very much for explaining that to me. <laughs> now, Roshni, what I did want to the whole reason I did raise you know, these four different platforms that you have is that growing large, really engaged communities is something that you have truly excelled at. My big congratulations to you. I wanted to know what advice that you would give brands and business owners uh, who are looking to grow engaged communities of mothers. Are there any kind of tips that you would give them to uh, to assist them?
0: so i think it's really important to be um you know authentic so in in the way that you speak to the moms um so i think the way the writing style is really really important if you try to create an online community you have to let these moms know that they're not being judged and, uh, they, you know, it's a, it's a platform where they can truly be themselves. And so it's really about being mother centric. It's about, you know, giving them personalization, giving them space, but speaking to them with a very, very authentic voice, uh, which means that parenting is not all powder, pink, and baby blue. You know, it's all shades of whatever color your child has just thrown at you. <laughs> Certainly. Is. So, so I think the first one is just really being authentic. And then the second one is, it's about hanging out where the moms are hanging out. And in Southeast Asia, most of the moms are hanging out on WhatsApp, they're hanging out on Instagram, they're hanging out on, um, you know, TikTok. So it's really important that you're on all of these platforms where, where the moms are.
1: Your podcast host, Katrina McArthur, has launched her second book. Called The Mother of All Opportunities, this book has been written for board directors, C-suite, senior marketers, and business owners to shine a light on the enormous opportunities for growth which exist in the mum market. Katrina demonstrates why now is the right time to rethink your relationship with the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Fast-track your brand and build a competitive advantage by gaining critical research-based insights into this massive and underserved market. If you live in Australia, you can get your copy from www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash book. If you live overseas, you can get your copy from Amazon.
2: I've found just in terms of our home isolation recently with COVID-19 that mums have really been embracing TikTok here in Australia as well as a fun activity to do with their children.
0: Yep, it's it's great. <laughs> you know, you get to suddenly entertain yourself with like 60 seconds of someone doing something completely obscene and shocking. Have uh, Have
2: you learned or mastered a, a new little dance recently? No, I've, I, I was
0: born with two left feet. <laughs>
2: I've got a, a couple of teenage girls and, and they've got me in training for uh, for a couple of, of skits that, that we're working on at the moment. So st- stay tuned. Listen, just while I am talking about COVID-19, uh, I'm just about to start undertaking some research into how Australian mums are likely to respond to when we come out of home isolation. But I know that you've already undertaken some research into how Southeast Asian mums are responding to the COVID-19. Crisis, and I'm really keen to ask you a couple of things. Firstly, has the COVID 19 crisis impacted some markets more than others in Southeast Asia? And secondly, what have been some of the key findings from your research?
0: A great question. So I think it definitely most of Southeast Asia has been uh, quite. A, uh, adversely affected by uh, COVID-19. You know, I'm sitting here right now out of my home office and all of my 250 team, every single one of us are dialing in from home at the moment. So uh, we've been in lockdown for over, like for me, it's I've been working from home for the last two months and I still have another one month to go. So pretty much across Southeast Asia and India, we're all operating from home. Uh, However, Vietnam seems to have been the least affected out of all the Southeast Asian nations. And uh, in fact, uh, just last Friday, Vietnam uh, actually did open up their policy where people could start going back to the office, except it should be on an A-B type schedule. So I would say Vietnam's been the least affected, but the rest of Southeast Asia were all pretty much affected.
2: Yeah, we're, we're certainly still on home restrictions here, and I'm um, based in Victoria, and uh, we seem to have tighter restrictions than, than other states around our country. I know that you undertook some interesting research, and I'm really keen. I've actually already had the opportunity to have a read through some of that research, but I would love you to share with our listeners some of those findings that you've had.
0: Sure. So I'm happy to share two types of research with you. One was our COVID-19 report. And if anyone's interested in the copy of the report, you know, they can reach out to you or they could even uh, LinkedIn with me or email me. Uh, and I'll be very happy to get a copy of the research report sent over to them. But, you know, some of the uh, interesting insights that we found was that in Malaysia and Philippines specifically, the moms were a little bit more worried about catching the virus themselves. And uh, versus some of the other markets in a lot of the other markets, most of the moms were mostly worried about passing it on to their family. But you know, specifically in Malaysia and Philippines, the moms were also concerned about catching it themselves.
2: I, I think I saw something about some of the in some markets they were looking at putting off pregnancy as well, and uh, some were certainly increasing their online spending, but were were changing brands in terms of looking at cheaper alternatives for some of the brands they were shopping for.
0: Uh, Absolutely. So if we look at, you know, uh, in terms of postponing your pregnancy in Indonesia, 61% of Indonesian moms said that they would uh, wait till the situation actually gets better. And in Malaysia, that was over 70%. Uh, Whereas in markets like Thailand and Singapore, which is the slightly higher GDP per capita markets in Southeast Asia, uh, we saw that moms were still going to go ahead with their pregnancy. So 70% of them said they would still go ahead with uh, getting pregnant. So that was uh, that was very interesting for us as well. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So
0: I'm looking forward to seeing in nine months' time what the birth rates are in each of these markets.
2: Absolutely. Um listen, I was going to say if you were wanting to we could include your research uh, links to your website where people could access them that that might be uh, something where they can get in contact with you to to get hold of that research. Absolutely. I wanted to ask what is next for the Asian parent?
0: You know, I think we're definitely going to be double doubting on uh, just the whole mom market itself. Right now, the way we see it is that Uh, when we say we're a community of moms, we don't look at ourselves just as a website or an app and a platform for moms to get questions and answers and meet with each other. But really, it's about building everything that moms need and want. So sort of becoming that super app of parenting for Southeast Asian moms, which means that if a mom, you know, has a question or wants to talk to a doctor, wants to get information, wants to buy products, and wants to meet, uh, you know, and get most relevant Content or whether they're tracking their own activities and their kids' activities, we want to be there for them. So we've uh, most recently embarked into starting our own direct to consumer line. So we launched out a Muslim focused, uh, Sharia compliant uh, direct to consumer brand in Indonesia. And we'll be launching that out in Singapore and Malaysia as well this year. And so that's about creating products because uh, Southeast Asia is predominantly Muslim. And then we'll be also exploring getting into early childhood education as well. Oh,
2: I am really interested to hear more about that, Roshni. We will have to get you back in on the show to talk about that. I think that is a brilliant strategy about being that super app for, for mothers in Southeast Asia. Absolutely spot on. Roshni, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I wanted to find out if people wanted to learn more about yourself or your company, what's the best way for them to do so?
0: I'm very active on my own app. So uh, I would definitely highly recommend downloading the Asian app, Asian parent app and and seeing how we look and feel and uh, dropping me a message on it or otherwise, uh, feel free to ping me on LinkedIn.
2: Fantastic. And I will make sure that we put links through to all of those in the show notes for our listeners as well. Roshni, I would love to say it has been fabulous to finally connect after you contributing to my book last year um, and, and having that shared vision and uh, passion for, for helping mothers around the world. I'd like to thank you for sharing your knowledge and tips and being part of Marketing to Mums, the podcast.
0: It was wonderful to meet with you as well and I've been a big fan of your work too and it's uh, really great to be part of the Marketing to Moms podcast.
2: Wonderful. Thank you. Wasn't that a great episode with Roshni? So for our listeners, I want you to start thinking about your brand or your business's future growth. Are there opportunities for you in emerging Southeast Asian markets? And what resources would you need to consider? Roshni has certainly shared some pretty interesting insights and considerations for brands that might be looking for growth in the Asian markets. My recommendation to you would be to get your team to listen to this episode and then get together and talk and explore what opportunities this might hold for you. I wanted to thank you for listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast.
1: You've been listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps you drive sales and profit in your organization by developing a deeper understanding of the world's most powerful consumer, mums. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review and tell us what your key takeaway was or who your favorite guest was and why. If you would like to get the show notes from today's episode or any of the links mentioned, all you need to do is head to marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. Don't forget to sign up to receive an email to let you know when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.